0: The world of construction is transforming before our eyes. How we design, plan, quantify, and build is changing day to day. But it's never been so easy to connect, share, bring people together. Our industry is reshaping. So how do we develop relationships? How do we overcome our fears? How do we generate business, and how do we ultimately become the best version of ourselves? This is Made to Measure, I'm McDonachie, my guest today is... On this episode of Made to Measure, we are joined by Michael McCullough. Michael is a chartered client-side project manager currently the senior director of Johns Lang LaSalle, also known as JLL, a global commercial real estate company. Based in Canberra, Michael has experienced leading highly complex infrastructure and building projects for the UK and Australia. In 2019, Michael was awarded the Construction Professional of the Year Award by the RICS, as well as the Project Management Team of the Year. Michael has been involved in various subsectors of the industry, including defence, aviation, commercial, education, retail, residential, and much, much more. Alongside his work, Michael is highly involved in the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors, where he sits on the local committee and is an APC assessor. It was great to have Michael on the show, and this is a real gem if you're interested in professional development, becoming the best version of yourself, and finding out what it takes to grow within your career. This is Made the Measure. This is Mick Donahue, and my guest today is Michael McCullough. How's it going, Michael? Uh,
1: yeah, very well, Mick. How are you?
0: Yeah, I, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, so, for, for the audience that, that's out there, Michael, do, do you mind introducing yourself and, and what it is that you do? My name is Michael McCullough,
1: and I work at JLL as a senior director. I oversee the defense account for um, JLL's business. and. Yeah, I've been in Australia now for, for 10 years and obviously used to reside and was born in Scotland.
0: Very good. I think you're the, the third Scottish man I've had on the podcast, which Jeez. is a bit strange. I've got to <laughs> yeah. get a bit more variety in there. <laughs> oh, mate, there's a few Scots
1: around, probably, yeah. probably most of them celebrating last week's performance in the football. But anyway, yeah. that,
0: that, That's what I was going to ask you. 22 <laughs> years since since the, the, the last Cup. You must be pretty excited. Mate, very
1: excited. The WhatsApp groups were really going off at uh, seven o'clock in the morning down here in Canberra. Anyway, so from yeah. from, from my, my friends back in Scotland. So yeah, good news for everybody involved with Scotland. I would say
0: absolutely. My my colleague who I work with is a is a Scottish man, and he was uh, he was celebrating on um, Wednesday morning last week. So um, oh, yeah. it was it was pretty fun to see him happy for a change.
1: <laughs> oh Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> we haven't won anything. We've just qualified, <laughs> and that's you know. it.
0: <laughs> in, in Ireland, we say win or lose, we're on the booze. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, mate, for sure. Yeah, that, you know how it is. But um, I, I came to find out how, how you got, got interested or got, in, got started in, in the sector, M- Michael. Um, and what, what was your, your, your first steps in, in, into the construction sector? How did you get started? Mate, listen, my dad back in Scotland, in north of Scotland,
1: he, he owns a construction company. So, I mean, construction has pretty much been my entire life. You know, I've done a few other bits and pieces in my working life, but you know, my dad has always been a builder. So my my first memories of, you know, early early childhood, is you know being in the foundations back in you know residential building in Scotland. You know, being yeah. full of water, being freezing cold, blowing a <laughs> yeah. gale. You know, all that kind of uh, unsexy stuff. You know, my my dad's kind of advice to me was don't become a builder. Um, yeah. <laughs> and literally, you know, I haven't become a builder, but you know, I have. You know, come into the construction industry, doing the professional side and, you know, managing projects rather than, than being out. You know, it's a different kind of different mindset over here. The weather's a whole lot better. You know, being a builder here in Australia is probably quite an attractive, you know, position and, um, and career. But, you know, a slightly different, Mick, as you probably would know, back in the UK and, uh, and Ireland and those kind of colder countries of Europe.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. My, my old man's a plumber and he, he always told me throughout his entire life, never become a plumber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it must be, must be the, the way of it. But what, oh, yeah. what was, what was your, your first memory of, 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 of a construction, of you being on a construction project, Michael? Be, probably, probably just taking like, you know, bricks and scaffold
1: off the back of my dad's track, you know, loading yeah. it up at his yard and then unloading it when we got to site. You know, breaking ice some mornings just to get water you know all that kind of stuff mate yeah. it really was pretty primitive when I look back at it now you know uh, yeah. we're talking about small scale residential here you know but yeah it's still pretty primitive and you know even though it gets down to like maybe minus 10 or minus 14 you're still going to get out there and do something you know so yeah it's pretty, it Could be pretty tough and my dad's done it all his life so fair play to him
0: and, and, and did you decide to obviously take that initial experience and, and go and, and study in, in a particular area Michael?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I had a couple of false starts to before I actually got my career going, but yeah, that that's exactly, you know, how that kind of And you know, to tell you the truth, I don't think there no other careers or industry was really in my mindset when I was when I was growing up. It was always, mm-hmm. you know, if I look back, it was always going to be this rather than, you know, I wouldn't have said that back in the day, but now when I look back, I've not really been focused on doing anything else rather than, you know, Designing, building, managing, all of it's been towards the construction sector.
0: Yeah. No, uh, I guess, you know, you're, you didn't have a choice when, when, when you're in, in, in Aberdeen and, and your, your, your dad's uh, working in the building sector. It all sort of leads into one path, doesn't it? It um, is.
1: You don't, you, don't, you don't realize it at the time, but when you look back on it, it's, it's you know, it's almost like a bit of, a, a bit of fate, you know?
0: Yeah. So I, I just noticed on, on your LinkedIn profile, so you, you, you originally studied surveying. Is that building yeah, surveying? Building, building surveying, yeah. Yeah. And, and what were the, the sort of main, main learnings that you took from, from, from your study at the early part of your career, Michael? I remember one of the, the lecturers telling me, you know, I asked him
1: when we were graduating, what was your, what's a bit of advice, you know, for my career going forward? And he was, the first thing he said to me was, always remember someone's name. <laughs> you know so he was never talking about uh, you know industry or how to progress yourself what yeah. he was really saying was how do you get on with people you know yeah. uh, and how do you you know become a person that's you know other people want to do business with mm-hmm. you know and even if you're just doing your own career and you're taking charge of your life and taking charge of uh, how you want to develop and progress you know all always comes back down to you know how are you treating people and how how are people finding you when you turn up and speak to them i think mm-hmm. that's a really huge skill that it doesn't matter what industry you're in, but you, you know, you've got to, you've got to get jump on the front foot and, and take responsibility and, and try and navigate your way through the best you can.
0: Yeah. It's quite, it's quite interesting that you should say that I put a post on, on LinkedIn yesterday asking what, what is the most important trait when, when hiring someone and, and no one mentioned technical knowledge or or, or, or experience. It was all more or less attitude, communication skills, you know, likableness in, 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 in some yeah. ways. So, it's, all that it's,
1: stuff is the technical skills, mate, can all be, the, you, can, you can teach them all, mm-hmm. right? You know, you can go on LinkedIn Learning now, you know, and do a four hour course, you know, be pretty proficient in Excel, what have you, you know, mm-hmm. for example. But, mate, if you're, uh, if you don't really have the personality to get on with people, then it doesn't matter how many skills you've got, potentially are going to limit your career and your
0: success. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. So, when, when you finished your, your, your study, what was your, what was your first job within the industry?
1: so yeah i went down I, I was working in glasgow for a company called davis langdon mm-hmm. um which were then bought over by aecom uh, and it was through that position at, at davis langdon i then got a transfer to to darwin yeah. So i don't i don't really know if there's many people in the world who have had a transfer from glasgow to darwin so it's maybe, a, <laughs> it's maybe you know it's two polar opposites when it comes to the environment you know and the and the weather but yeah it's uh, you know, you've got to get out there and give it a go, mate, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that was like complete chalk and cheese from everything that I hear about Darwin. I've never actually been there before, but really super hot place, quite tough working conditions. Absolutely, but it's great. I mean, yeah. it is, I love, I go up there now quite often with the role I've got now.
1: So, um, mm-hmm. you know, going up to Darwin is like one of the highlights of my, uh, my involvement with JLL uh, with at the moment. And we've got a great team up there and they continue to kick goals and whenever you get off that plane up there mate everyone's very very happy to see you so it's a very
0: welcoming yeah. part of the country. So what were, what were the main challenges or hurdles that you, that you faced moving you know from, from Glasgow where it's you know it's a cold sort of British city to Darwin which is obviously the, the complete polar opposite what, what were those main challenges? Mate probably a bit of fear you know you think right what, what's going to happen now
1: and you know, myself and my, my wife now was my girlfriend at the time, you know, we, we pretty much decided we were going to do that transfer. And, uh, you know, probably within like five weeks, you know, we had bought the tickets and we were getting on the plane. And so there wasn't mm-hmm. really that much time to, uh, you know, to, to kind of, you know, think what are we going to, what are we going to see on the other side? But a little bit of fear, going to step out your comfort zone now and again in your life, Yeah, you know, probably more often than not, I would, I would recommend. And, you know, you would have done the same thing yourself, Mick moving from Ireland. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just, you don't know what you're going to get on the other side. You don't know what the experience is going to be like, but you've got to get out there and try it.
0: Mm -hmm. Obviously working as a, as a worker for Davis Langdon and AECOM, was there any, was there any, any differences from the role that you were doing in terms of responsibilities when you were working in Glasgow compared to, to Darwin? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Quite a, quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, and I know one of the, your focuses actually, uh, Mick, is on you know, cost management. right? Yeah. And uh, although I'm not a cost manager uh, or a QS or whatever you want to call it, it's a huge difference between what people do in the UK and what people do you know, expect of the QS in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I think you actually coming back to your LinkedIn, I think you put a post on that recently and I made a comment because I think it's a, it's a huge difference between what happens over there in the UK and Europe and maybe the Middle East and then what happens out here in Australia.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. There's, there's definitely a, a, a bit of like a, a preconception that it's going to be very similar to, to the UK mm. standard. And it's from my knowledge and, and from the people I, I, I work with and know within the industry, everyone says it's completely different. But why do you think that is?
1: I mean, I've probably got some personal views on what I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal view is like Australia is still a growing country. I, I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that happens in Australia is like, you know, people are, see the benefit quickly, which is why they want to do development, for example. And the the benefits of getting to completion far outweigh the actual analysis that needs to go on to make sure that it is an actual viable project. Maybe, maybe I've explained that correctly, but you know, there's there's so much potential here in Australia. I think it's just, you know, you know, take away COVID, take away the current environment. You know, the potential is we need to build stuff and we need to get on with life. Whereas sometimes in Europe, uh, and especially in, in the UK, it's people want to, you know, there's a bit more of a balancing act to be done. Yeah, do you well, find that as well? Do you think? Do you think that's a fair comment? Or
0: I, I do. I f- certainly think that's a, that's a fair comment in, in many ways. And, and I think in terms of the main difference that I've noticed, you know, I've recruited for, for firms in Ireland, the UK, uh, and and New Zealand, difference in my side is, is just scale in in, in Australia. The scale of of the construction projects here is just phenomenal. You know, you mm, could be working mm. on three, four, five, six billion dollar projects, and as well, uh, and the same company could be working on a twenty million dollar project. You mm. know, um, and that's it's. it's I, I find that quite unique in, in many ways. Whereas uh, my opinion, like a, a QS from the UK or, or or New Zealand, they're usually working very much on the same sort of projects all the time you know one after yeah, the other yeah yeah um yeah it's quite it's,
1: exciting over here isn't
0: it yeah i love it yeah, yeah <laughs> it's all right there's so so many different variables in, in play and so many unique and wonderful projects and you know it, it's 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 taken me some time just to really get my head around it but um mm-hmm. once you do you know it's an, an incredible place place to work and i guess with the, you know for you you're coming from the, those maybe smaller projects in in in, in europe did, did you find yourself working on and and anything different contractually or a little bit more unique in in terms of what you were doing in, in australia
1: yeah i mean i was working on a fairly huge project when i was in perth which was the expansion of the the international terminal uh, i mean at, at one point i think the company i was working for we were you know we were um, involved with like almost like a billion dollars worth of infrastructure spent i mean, that's fairly really huge yeah. um you know by anybody's um, measure i would say and you know to be involved with that was like you know pretty c- career defining and it came with its challenges yeah yeah i mean where, where would you I mean if you want to go and work on that in the uk you probably have to be in london mm-hmm. um t5 i think was the last huge terminal that was done there was it yep you know so i mean somebody from scotland
0: you know would you get to go
1: and work down in heathrow you probably would would you want to probably not <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you've, you've ended up, you, you can go and do it in Perth and you, you know these similar things are happening in other airports, you know, you know, some of the regional Newcastle airport and, and things like that. So, I mean, you could follow that, that, that around the country and I know some people that have, it's, you know, it can be quite exciting.
0: You've obviously mentioned you've, you've worked in, in, in Scotland, you've worked in Darwin, which is the Northern Territory. You just mentioned Perth and obviously you're, you're, you're now in, in Canberra. Do, do you think that that sort of Risk mentality for, for you is something that's, that's helped you grow w- w- within your career and, and move up in terms of progression. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, I think our instinct, you know, of most people is to be cautious, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that's one of the, the greatest barriers to making progress in life. You mm-hmm. know, quite a lot of people are kind of maybe uh, a bit uh, unsure or protecting what, what they have rather than expanding their reach. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got to. You got to get out there and, and, and you know give it a go. I think it's uh, you you can't live in protection mode for all your life, you know, because there's lots of opportunities out there. And you know, my personal view is you know Australia is full of opportunities, and there's a lot of people out there that probably don't have that view. But it mm-hmm. all depends about where you've come from, I suppose. And if you're here new, pretty fresh, like you're you met yourself and me, I've been here for ten years, still see myself as being really fresh in this country. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of opportunities out there, and you just don't want to get blindsided. I feel by some negativity that, you know, you could be reading or watching in the news mm-hmm. and just, you know, remain committed about w- what you want to achieve mm-hmm. um, and, you know, keep, keep going, keep your, your key corner, uh, cornerstone goal and then, you know, keep trying to strive to get there.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a great message, especially in today's environment where you know, some people have struggled over the last sort of six to nine months with with the the coronavirus and, and maybe have been made unemployed or made redundant. But mm. sometimes it does take that little bit of bravery, yeah. that, little, that little bit of a mind sh- mindset shift to say, right, I'm going to go and move to this location, where it could be Darwin, for example, mm. and, and and that that one move can completely change your entire career. As you, you mentioned, be- redefine yeah. it in some ways.
1: Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta remember the journey has got many stages, mate. You know, it's not just a stage or our our cycle that you're in at the moment. And you know, you've got to, you got to just make sure that you know every job that you, I think you know people have to. Well, I, what I've done is made sure that every job that I had was like a learning experience. So, mm-hmm. um, it could be down here, or it could be at the bottom level. Your view of what the bottom level is, but as long as you're learning and you've got a kind of a goal within your mind then you just take the learnings for that and you know, keep them and you know, have that purpose about you. So you're always moving forward, even if you're mm-hmm. not. It doesn't feel like you're moving forward. You're maybe just uh, standing, you feel like you're standing still. But as long as you think and your mindset is saying to you, I'm doing this for a reason because I'm learning this skill mm-hmm. that is allowing me to get this experience that I know, you know I'm aiming to get somewhere else in the next 12, 18 or 24 months
0: time. Oh, I, I agree totally, Michael. And I, I, I always think your career. Some people think it's a sprint, and some people will say it's a marathon. Oh, yeah. in, in my opinion, it's like a, it's like an Ironman. You know, it's, oh, it's yeah. so, so many different facets. You know, you've where you start is not where you end up, and you might start running and end up cycling, or or vice versa. But but that that that's all part of the journey, and it's about taking those gambles and those risks every so often. I'm not saying every six months or every every 12 months even but it's just taking those steps to get those learning curves as you said and, and bits of experience to help you move in in the in the next direction and move forward in your career
1: yeah and i think one of the things as well i mean if you're out of work at the moment you know it's not really about your ability i would say that you're out of work is because of the economic conditions right and mm-hmm. you know that's that's um, going to come back i've no doubt i mean i don't have a crystal ball but you know, yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, Australia is going to come back into a bit of growth. There'll be a lot of pent up capital needs to come back in the market. And, you know, th- those things happen fairly quickly. So, and, you know, people still got their skills. They've still got their abilities. You know, they've still got that kind of purpose in their life. You just got to keep your eyes open. You've got to, you've got to be the person out there that's maybe putting themselves, you know, a little bit as an outsider that, sh- that shows they're that an individual that, you know, demonstrates that you should be employed above other people. It's quite mm-hmm. tricky, but it is you got to, straight, you've got to, straight to it, stay true to yourself, I should say. No, you probably I, find that, Mike. You know, there's probably a whole lot of raft of people that are coming to you looking for positions, and maybe, maybe I'm just a little bit removed from that.
0: No, totally. I, I think essentially looking for a job is business development, isn't it? You know, mm. it's, it's a good view. Yeah, good view. Yeah. How, how do you stand out from the crowd? You've mm-hmm. got to do something a little bit different every now and again. Um, and and, and just, just on that, obviously you have worked, you know, in, in client side project management for, for a large part of, of your career. Michael, what, what do you think makes a makes a, a great PM from a good one?
1: That's a good that's a, mate. I've worked with some great PMs, right? And it come back to the people skills, mate. It really does. It's mm-hmm. it's about how, you know, portraying that confident approach to, you know, solution. And I think you know one of the things is actually, as a PM, is understanding the roles and responsibilities of the other people that are in your team. Now, mm-hmm. they may be under your control as a contractual requirement, or the client may have engaged you to manage them, but they are direct with the client. You've really got to understand you know, what their terms and conditions and what they've been engaged to do. A lot of PMs I see coming along and you know, don't actually understand the contractual mechanisms that they're in. And when you have that knowledge, then you can really you know, portray your knowledge and your understanding and your confidence that allows you to then go and you know, manage these people because that's what your, your job is as a project manager, to manage the process and the people to get the outcome that meets the program and the cost for the client. It's a big role, but it's the people that have got the confidence to, to, to lean forward are actually the ones that are very, very successful at doing it.
0: Are those people, are they really good at communicating or are they really good at dealing with stress or giving people more responsibility or what is it that they are really good at?
1: Mate, calling it out is probably one of the ones. Mm-hmm. You know, calling somebody out when they need to be called out, it gives everybody else the understanding that you, know, you can't pull the wool over someone's eyes if somebody actually knows what they're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that comes back to confidence.
0: Yeah. And I guess you build your confidence up by... Working with good people and, and the more experience you have. It
1: comes back to what we've talked about, you know, you get your confidence up by putting yourself out there, by taking mm-hmm. on roles and responsibilities that maybe are a little bit above your station. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going out on a limb, going and working in a different region, going work remotely, you know, going to work in New Zealand, going and working overseas, I don't know, you know, all those things. That's where you get your confidence, that's where you get your abilities, and that's where you get your experience so people know, hang on, this guy knows that exactly what he's talking about. Um, it, we better toe the line, and you know we better do a good job for the client because that's what we're, we're all here to get paid to do. It's
0: What's quite interesting it? you to say that. I, I recently placed a, a guy, and the only reason that he wanted to leave the firm was because he he wanted to put himself into a challenging environment. You know, nice. he wanted to go work regionally. And and when I was speaking to the client and, and and telling them that this is the this is what he this is the reason, they were like, really? You know, that's mm. I, that's not something that that, that comes about much a, a,
1: anymore. Depends
0: where the, who the
1: client was, though, you see. Was the client a, a private or a
0: public entity? They have recently just went public, so at that All time, right. private. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. Quite, quite, quite interesting. But I, I noticed as well, Michael, that you, in, in 2019, the RICS Construction Professional of the Year. Talk us through that. How, how do you become an award-winning construction professional?
1: Mate, it's a, uh, yeah, it was, you know, <laughs> it was a very, um, I was very grateful to get the award, you know, w- yeah. working with JLL on this account, you know, we've got a lot of people, there's a lot of, it's, we ran two awards that night, which is great. And the most important one was for the account as mm-hmm. being the project team of the year. And that, that was just pure recognition for everybody who's done the hard work. We, we've run this account with Defence for the last six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was just like, you know, recognition for the hard work that everyone's put in. The personal uh, one was just the kind of cherry on the top, really, to tell you the truth. And again, you know, it's just about, you know, you've got to put yourself out there. I'm a member of the RICS from my time back in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I just try to put as much back into the RICS as I possibly can, you know, whilst juggling everything else that people do, family life and, you know, work commitments and stuff. So, yeah, no, it's really good to get that, that recognition. But, yeah, to me and, you know, everybody else on the account has always been about the team. And yeah. then anything on top of that is just just a
0: little bit extra. S- spoken like a like a true leader. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll take that. So you've you've mentioned you've worked in many different different industries, Michael, from you know residential, aviation, defense. What what, what do you find the, to be the most sort of complex type type of industry to, to work in?
1: Me, yeah, I think the the most complex always in my experience has come down to um, you know contracts and how people interpret contracts and you know what parties think they are entitled to do or what their obligations are and what other people's interpretations of what these obligations are i've been in some significant you know complex situations and Mm -hmm. that experience has just taught me that how to identify when these situations are about to occur right so there are complex situations in every project but i suppose you've got to be um you've got to be active and you've got to be you know not not going through life and and just doing the routine you've got to be aware of the warning signals when these kind of situations could start appearing mm-hmm. but I, you know sometimes i look at that and i think the only way you're going to be you're going to be aware of these warning signals you know usually is when you've gone through it before mm-hmm. and once you've gone through it then you know what to what to look out for so yeah. you know sometimes a complex situation or a contractual situation needs to, you need to go through it and i kind ad- of when we encounter them on the, the role I'm doing just now, I always try and take the younger guys in and say, you know, this is, you know, this is quite a good experience. You know, don't shy away from it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: if there's a contractual dispute or something going to happen in the background or bubbling away, you know, use it, remember it, write it down, you know, write down how you're feeling, write down what the learnings are because a guarantee is going to pop up again some other time in your career. And mm-hmm. again, that's where you get the confidence. That's where you become a good, you know, project manager if that's what your role is. You know That's where you get the experience that then you know, sets you aside from somebody who maybe hasn't experienced this. So again, yeah. it comes back to like put yourself out there. You know? mm-hmm. you know, do you understand how to deliver a project in Singapore? No, I don't. Oh, well, that's not a really a reason to not go and apply for the job that's in Singapore. Mm-hmm. You know? It's yeah. more about how can I use the skills that I've got just now and how would that be beneficial to the people who are doing their project in, in Singapore?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. You've, you've got to... Put your hand up and uh, and take responsibility and and take as take as many learnings on uh, as you can. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I would uh, I would quite enjoy seeing you in a in a contractual d- dispute, Michael. <laughs> no, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, Try to avoid
0: the mate, but you know yeah.
1: sometimes you've got
0: to get in there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously you, you've mentioned, you know, working in the industry and, and, and some extracurricular stuff with the RICS. How, how do you find balance with all of this? I know that's something that, that a lot of people struggle with.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know, mate. Get, get up early in the morning and do your stuff that you need to do about, you know, getting your, your mindset right before the family get up, I think. is probably how I get balanced. Uh, you know, I do a lot of journaling and stuff and, you know, writing down where I want to go and what my, what my plans are for the future. think if you don't write it down and if you don't commit to it then it ain't going to happen and if you leave it to last thing at night it ain't going to happen because people people are just you know half a state nine o'clock it's usually uh half an hour worth of telly and then it's off to bed almost you know
0: yeah that, that, that's one thing that i've noticed about australia well certainly me anyway by nine o'clock i'm, I'm asleep and <laughs> in, yeah. in, in, in Ireland, it was like 11 30, 12 o'clock before i'd actually fall asleep but yeah it's, it's it's an active place really early in the morning you know from five o'clock people are on the go
1: Mate, that's a great observation because that's what we found when we first arrived in darwin you know we used to I used to go to work and I would be there for like seven or half past seven and, you know, already, you know, walking past all the coffee shops, you know, people are out having business meetings at half past seven in the morning. I know. You know, and it's like, you know, a lot to be said for that, mate. Uh, There's a lot to be said for, you know, getting up early and, you know, doing whatever you want to do, whatever makes you feel that you're, you're going to better contribute to the day and, you know, lead yourself to where you want to go. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, get up early and I'm a big believer in
0: that. So j- journaling and, uh, is something that I've been, been looking into. Do, do you have any, any tips on, on, on the type of stuff that you, that you, you, you talk about to yourself? And that's kind of what it is really, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of like a mind dump.
1: Yeah, mate, anything and everything really. Mm-hmm. You know, w- w- if I just, I think it's easy to say I'm not achieving enough, but if you were to put yourself in the position you're in now and you were to look at yourself five years ago, You'd probably be pretty happy, you know. Yeah. I don't know how, when you when you came into Australia, Mick, but you know, if you were to say, you know, ten years ago or whatever, oh, God, I wish I was going to be in. Imagine, imagine I was working in Australia, you know. Like, yeah, now you are here, you uh, know. So it's you strange, know, that's, that's, yeah. That, that, that's to be a, a celebration, you know. And I just think some people, you know, or, or definitely me, before I started doing journaling, was it wasn't really making recognition about you know the steps that I've made or whatever I've done or whatever I've achieved personally or professionally or whatever you know, if you don't actually start documenting it and saying, this is, this is great, mm-hmm. well done, pat myself on the back, then you're just always going to be chasing something that's, you know, because our goals and our ambitions always change. You know, your goal and ambition is to get to Australia. Well done. But as soon as you get here, you're here for three months and then you start thinking about other stuff you want to do. Yeah. Uh, and then you think, all oh, right, well, great. So then actually the, the goal of getting to Australia just fades into the past and you, you never really consider it again. Yeah. But really, you should be turning around and going, Oh well, I'm actually on the road to where I actually want to go. Yeah. But if you just keep going and going and going, then you're going to get to the end of your life and go, Well, what do I achieve? You've probably achieved a mountain of things, but you haven't really had this kind of signposting along the way that's allowed you to go, Yes, great, 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 you know. And to have a a review back to say, Oh, look at that signposting I had, you know, that's probably something that's going to be pretty powerful, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think journaling, it, it gives you great perspective, you know, mm. because you can look back on, even if it's 30 days ago, or three months ago, or three years ago, you, you, you see the place that you're in at that moment. And then you can give you, you can go, well, you look, look how far I've, uh, I've traveled from there. Look how far I've come along. Mm. And it gives you that maybe sense of pride or, you know, that you've, you've actually move move forward cuz it can always feel like you're 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 not moving at all i know and that's probably one of my biggest mm. you know gripes i'll go home to my my wife and i'll just complain <laughs> and uh-huh, she yeah, yeah. and she and she'll go are, are you serious and 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 slap me around you know but i guess it's it's one of those things that it, journaling just gives you that bit of um perspective and breathing space in in, yeah. in some ways and is, it, is your Mrs.
1: Is she, is she Australian or from, from
0: Ireland? She, she's Kiwi actually, so that's oh, why yeah. she slaps yeah. me about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah mate.
1: Don't mention the rugby last
0: week. I <laughs> know. Yeah, I was. We were there actually. Um, oh, you? Yeah, which wow. was. I think we're bad luck to be to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But but I guess if 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 there's I, I know we've kind of maybe touched on this a, a, a little bit, but if there's someone out there who's kind of at the start of their career or in the middle of their career at the moment, is there any advice that you would give them, you know, to, to, to become the the best version of themselves or, or to move up the ladder or to to go out and achieve some more? Mate, just don't give up. Mm
1: -hmm. There's just, there's, because even if, you know, if you were to give up, then, you know, two years time is still going to happen. You know, it's probably one of those, those, you know, when's the best time to plant, plant a tree, you know, 30 years ago and you know, second best time is tomorrow but you know it's a bit of a cliche but at the same time it's um, you know you can either do what you want to do and keep moving forward and get two years down the line or you can give up and, and not put in the effort and not, not be your best self two years is still going to happen
0: mm-hmm.
1: you just want to get to that two year point and feel pretty good about yourself have a signpost that says I managed to get there because I actually planned it out because if you don't then two years is going to pass and you're going to get there and go well, what happened for the last two years mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty tricky, you know, to say that if people are out looking for work, but, you know, then the goal would be, you know, I want to get back into work and I want to start getting the savings in. I want to go buy a house or I want to get married or all that kind of cool stuff that happens in life, Mm -hmm. you know, have a family and all that, you know, that's what really life's all about. But, um, uh, you know, even, you know, journaling when you're, when you're out of work, you know, it's almost like a documentation about how you've managed to get back into work. And that's like, that's like a benefit to somebody, surely. Because there are people like there, you know, are, who are actually looking for work. But you know, it's not just people looking for work in Australia. As you know, how can your experience of looking for work have a benefit to somebody else around the world? I mean, and if you can turn around and say, actually, I actually helped somebody, you know, through LinkedIn or through Facebook, that allowed me to help them get back into work. They were, you know, from Germany or whatever. You know, I think you probably would feel pretty good about yourself. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. So I think that's how people, you know, that's how I view things anyway. You know, no, no. there's always a benefit to everything. It's just if you're you know, it's quite difficult if you're inside that kind of downward spiral spiral rather than an upward spiral. It's probably where it gets pretty tricky. But you just gotta remain consistent and remain persistent and and put yourself out there.
0: Put yourself out there, don't give up. I, I, I agree, Michael, one hundred percent. What's one thing that you're you, that you're looking forward to? Or are you excited about w- within the construction industry? Double digit growth
1: in <laughs> about two years' time. <laughs> I think that'd be yeah. pretty good. You know, again for the economy, but just to see the construction sector pick pick up again, and I think it probably will. I think there's a whole lot of stuff out there and a whole lot of uh, spend to happen in the market that hasn't hasn't been allowed to happen since since March. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know when it would come to fruition, but I think there's probably going to be, you know, some you know, good spend from the government in the infrastructure space. I look at the, some of the infrastructure still around Australia, and then you look up to Asia, and it's you know, you know, we're fairly fairly far behind how some of these other countries are, do stuff. So I think that's quite exciting. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I don't have any. I don't have any examples, but I just think you know I, re- I do read quite a bit about this stuff and, I think it's uh, I think I'd still rather be here than sitting in the in the UK, sure. No,
0: yeah, I, I agree. And I think um, in, in my perspective, just with the, the, the border closures within Australia, you know, a lot less graduates maybe graduating this year and next year. Mm. Those who are in the industry right now are looking for a job. Yeah, that's a the, great point. It, there, there's going to be a lot of activity within the next sort of 12 months. And my, my feeling is that it's going to be very, very difficult to find good people. So if you're out yeah. there right now, if you do the things that, that Michael has said, put yourself out there, don't give up, you know, you're going to be in a, in a great position to, to land on something or find something that, that suits you within your career.
1: I'd probably say, Mick, you're probably the, the guy that's in the prime seat to kind of, you know, give people that, you know, the, you know to find out that information before everyone else. So, uh, yeah, yeah, good luck. And I think that's, that's a, a good, you know, you're right. You know, the, the amount of graduates potentially who will not come through the system, mm-hmm. um, if, if it's not going to be in the next you know, year, the next two or three years, it's going to be a bit of a vortex. If you're out there now, but you're mm-hmm. unemployed, I would probably say, you know, again, hang on you know, take take any job potentially that's out there mm-hmm. and just to have that kind of mindset that says, how can I use this to start, you know, learn from this position that allows me to then have a, a, an additional skill that can be used for something in the construction sector in the future.
0: I love that. Uh, and I, I think that will... Uh- that will end this for, for, for today, Michael. If there's anyone out there that is maybe just looking to reach out and get to you know ask you a question or two or, or need some advice, um, what, what, what's the best way to get in contact? Is it through through LinkedIn and maybe sort of send yeah, a message mate, or
1: mate? That's the best way, yeah, mate. Absolutely. And listen, if you put my um profile on your page, then that, that's that's the best way that's how people can get hold of me.
0: Okay, well, thank you so much for, for doing this today, Michael. I know that you're an extremely busy man, so. I really appreciate you taking taking the time out.
1: Mate, perfect, Mick, and uh, listen, all the, all the best, and good luck to you too in the future.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Made to Measure. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast. This is the only podcast in the world that focuses on the niche area of construction costing. Therefore, as an independent podcast, your support is invaluable. Please like, share, screenshot, give a review, or just tell your friends and colleagues about the show. The more people that know about the podcast, the better the guests that we can bring to you, the better the content you will consume. Thank you for joining me. I'm McDonaghy, and this was Made to Measure.